We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. Happy weekend! It is your Saturday crew together for one last time as this particular trio. I am one of your hosts, Jason Perone of the Pack a Day podcast, Game on Wisconsin the Quick Slants podcast, along with Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, the Packers Unrestricted podcast, and Matt Fralick of Game On Wisconsin and the Final Dump podcast. Gentlemen, happy Saturday, happy weekend. Matt, going to be sticking around, holding things down here on Saturday while Paul and I will be moving to the Thursday Packaday podcast next week. So I will start with you and ask you how you're doing and just say, obviously, it has been a an honor and a privilege to work with you up until the point where you finally told Andy you, that you couldn't stand us anymore and you got us kicked out. <laughs> I really wish I had enough, like that amount of, and I feel like Andy is pretty like, you know, democratic when it comes to like, if someone's having an issue conflict wise, but I wish I could really like know that I convinced him to switch like 20 to 25 people's schedules just because I was completely pissed off with you guys and sick of the weather <laughs> shit. Uh, but that's not the case. No, you guys have been great. It's been an absolute blast. This is like the th- third fourth fifth team i've been partnered up with you guys are definitely in the top three four or five so that's i mean that's that's a the bonus top you guys five out of five <laughs> yeah. all right yeah, paul <laughs> good stuff paul brettel over there in the other side of the dairyland state of wisconsin in his man cave how are we looking down there hey we're doing fantastic i think the you know i'm finally you know moved on from what was the playoff debacle a couple weeks ago and Looking ahead to the offseason, I suppose. We're already there, so I'm glad that you're looking ahead and because uh, <laughs> we're going to need you, Paul. All the analysis and the great work you're about to do and telling us what's going to happen in the 2022 NFL regular season for the Green Bay Packers. So, all right, as we always do, and for the final time, Matt Fralick gets the uh, chance to do the weather with us, although I'm sure you th- I think you're going to con- continue. I know we're definitely going to continue on with the weather on the Thursday show because that, 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 that trio is where everything started from. But, all right, so I have a bunch of entries this week. Everybody went wild for this last Saturday show that I'm going to be a part of. So the first, uh, the first one up is our friend Alex in Poland. I had one other entry. I was hoping he would be first in the furthest east, but that's going to be Alex in Poland this week. He was kind of bummed out, so he missed last week. He was just very disappointed, as he said. Still shell-shocked after the game. Uh, So the weather, he says, is mid to high 30s with drizzle and some wind. No snow left on the ground, though. Looking forward to hearing how nice the weather in Arizona is. Well, we'll see. We'll see how much I gloat there. And then a new entry here. Peter in Belgium, he's from Walhorn, Belgium, and he said he's hoping that he is the furthest east. And it's just around the corner of the Belgian-Dutch-German border. And he says uh, today he's expecting a high around 40, lows around 35 degrees. It'll be mostly cloudy, gusty winds up to 30 miles per hour chance of rain. Cheers from Belgium from Peter. So at the last minute there in the last show of our Trioness. We've got another guy that uh, came in there. And thank you, Peter. I appreciate that weather report as well. And then bringing it back. Haven't heard from this guy in a while. Scott Cameron in Scotland. 
who sent us a couple videos and weather reports before, jumps in and he says, since he's been in arrears and hasn't really reached out to us, he gave us a January 22 recap, a summary. Mild month, average temperature of 40 Fahrenheit, which is the sixth mildest on record. Isn't that crazy? 40 degrees, and that's mild. Drier than usual. Two damaging Atlantic storms with wind gusts in excess of 140 kilometers per hour, making for a record-breaking month for the wind power generation out of the UK. Weekend ahead, much of the same. Scott Cameron. Thank you so much, Scott and Alex and Peter, for your great weather reports, as always. And now we come stateside. Where we're in Green Bay, and before we started recording, we did not decide who was going to take the weather report. So, I don't know, I'll let you guys flip a coin, or maybe we let Matt do it since it's his no. last time recording with the three of us. Or maybe we have Paul do it because, screw it, we're not working with Matt anymore. You guys <laughs> well, decide how well, we're going to do it. he did make us off. So, anyways, the weather here in Green Bay. No, I'm just kidding. Take it away, Matt. <laughs> no, I'll take it. And, hundred, you know, obviously, I'm going to fill you guys in. 140 miles per hour, or excuse me, 140 kilometers per hour is 80, about 87 miles per hour. I know everyone was thinking that. I did the quick math in my head, and thankfully Google's in front of my face. So, that's crazy. That's like a gnarly storm out there. So, um, Green Bay right now, snowy Friday evening. It started like this early morning and I was like, ah, or, you know, late after, I guess, late morning, early afternoon. It's been going all day. Uh, it's supposed to come down, I guess a little bit on Saturday, even a little bit more, but 18 degrees right now. It's your typical February weather in Wisconsin. Um, it, you know, no, nowhere near the uh, crazy storm that's happening south of us down in, you know, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, et cetera, et cetera. But a little bit of snow. We haven't had much snow recently. It was 40 degrees, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday, which was strange. All my snow melted, and now it's all back on the ground. So, um, yeah, pretty typical uh, February winter weather in Wisconsin here. That it sounds like indeed. What time is the sun setting? I want to say it's like 525, 5.30, something like that. Uh, Nope, I'm way off, 5.05. So late. After 5 o'clock already. Congrats, guys. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's huge. I le- I left yesterday work at like exactly five on the dot, ran an errand, got home, and it was still like sunny out. Obviously, or you know, light out. So that was a plus for me. Phenomenal stuff. And then we move on to Phoenix, Arizona. Now we did have a request. He wanted to know how nice it was in Phoenix. So I feel like for his purposes, I need to make sure that I don't gloss over it. Right. So uh, only up to sixty-one degrees today. Sunny and 61 in Phoenix, so it's a little chilly, a little chilly. Um, But we're going to be getting up into the low 70s. And in fact, by Thursday, which is the day that Paul and I are scheduled to do our first show back with Mark, 80 degrees. That's Fahrenheit, by the way. 80 degrees. I don't even know what 80 Celsius is on Thursday. So warm and sunny. I will send some your way, gentlemen. I definitely will not uh, neglect you. I'll be thinking warm thoughts without a doubt. So that's the weather in Phoenix. Sunny, nice, beautiful. Really hope there's some baseball for some of our friends to come and enjoy in March if they're going to take any last minute trips because they're sick of winter. And then as always, we have our friend in Kamloops, Canada, Harry. Was hoping to see the sun, but it's been cloudy, so he doesn't know if the sun would be hitting his property yet because there hasn't been any sunshine to be seen in the area. Uh, let's see. High today, uh, sunny. High of 39, low of 33. Wind is whistling, and it takes it down to about 16 to 18 most of the day. Still winter, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I have to admit, because I love telling on myself when I don't have to, that as I was trying to figure out who started off the weather report, I had to pull up a map of Europe and figure out where my countries were so I could get brushed up on my geography. So I will admit I was absolutely desolate there not knowing the answer. So what are we going to talk about today, gentlemen? Well, after all of the topics and everything else we that we discussed, we're going to talk about the biggest positions of need. We have four of them. We're going to we're going to go through them, give our thoughts on each one. Feel like real quickly I just have to say even though it was a couple days ago, I know that I whined and complained at length about the special teams, and we talked about Mo Drayton, and the Packers are going to be making a change. Hopefully, we'll be talking about who's going to be leading special teams in the next couple of days. I am not ever happy that someone lost their job and that he that Drayton was not able to make it work in Green Bay. When they hired him a year ago, I was very excited about him. I felt like he was going to inject some life into that special teams group, and I had no problem with the internal hire at that time. It unfortunately just did not work 
out. So I just wanted to tie that up with a little bow and say... Hopefully the Packers figured things out because you don't want to walk off your field when something that really should account for less than 20% of the game ends up ruining your season. So hopefully things work out. So, gentlemen, biggest positions of need. We came up with four of them in no particular order. We'll start with the first one, which is wide receiver. And obviously we know that the free agency period has not started yet. And the draft and all that stuff is just starting as far as prep goes. But... This is always, I feel like, perpetually a position of need. This season, we saw Marquez Valdez-Scantling struggle to stay healthy, and that impacted the offense. They didn't have their speedster out there. Alan Lazard was kind of hot and cold. Devontae Adams was fantastic, as always, but really not a true number two to be had, despite all that he did do. Randall Cobb came back and was a contributor. We don't expect or know if he will be back next season. I would assume the Packers are probably leaning towards not having him come back. And rookie Amari Rogers was not able to work his way into the offense. He just did not develop well enough. Equinemia St. Brown, kind of a gadget player at receiver. We saw some snaps from Jawan Winfrey. I think Malik Taylor had a very few, few snaps there. So that's the bulk of the wide receiver room. So, Paul, we'll start with you because you probably have already written about some of this, or you probably have a couple articles in your head half written and just haven't put them on paper yet. As far as that group goes, not a bad group. And if Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, he's going to get a lot out of them. But again, another area where the Packers have an opportunity to improve and get better in this next season. So how do you see this need as it stands for yourself? I mean, at the moment, you know, you could put it up there as possibly need number one entering this off season because Devontae's a free agent, MVS a free agent, EQ's a free agent. Uh, Alan Lazard, he's a restricted free agent. If I was betting, I would expect him to come back. But still, he's a restricted free agent. The receivers at the Green Bay Packers on this date, February 5th, have under contract are Randall Cobb, who if he's cut, I think saves $5, 6000000 million. So I'm looking at that. Amari Rogers and Chris Blair, a practice squad receiver last year. That's who is under contract at the receiver position right now. So obviously a lot can change if they work out a deal with Devontae, Al Lazard's back. Obviously this room begins to take shape. But at the moment, uh, it's a huge need at this time. And I've started looking ahead at some of the mock drafts that have been put out there. And there's, as always, some that have the wide receiver position being selected in round one. And I know as Packer fans, we kind of brush that off, but – Potentially, if there's a year where it's going to happen, it could very well be this one, just given how absolutely thin the room is at the moment. Uh, and one other name, uh, MVS, Brandon Carwell, Packers Wire. Uh, he spoke with MVS on Thursday, I believe, and MVS said there's definitely a mutual uh, mutual uh, wanting, gosh, butchered that, but you get the idea, between the Packers and MVS uh, for a return. So, We'll have to see how it all plays out. Not all of those guys are going to be gone. You know, as we go through the Green Bay Packers free agents and look at them all as, as this offseason unfolds, not everybody's going to be gone. Some of them will be back. But at this time, wide receiver, that wide receiver room is very bare. Yeah, and VS was kind of a surprise because it seemed like he was one that was a little riper to maybe move on. I know there's been some talk about his preference. Obviously, everyone likes to play in the warm weather, but I think he has a, a pretty strong preference there. But it was really nice to see that there is mutual interest between he and the Packers, because I think with the familiarity in the offense and as productive as he can be, if he's healthy, I'd rather have 83 than not. Matt, the wide receiver group, we kind of previewed it, talked through it. Is there anybody else that you want to see come back? Maybe Randall Cobb, you want to back for one more year as, as an insurance, or is it time to look towards the future? And do you hope the Packers maybe use a little bit more little bit more capital whether it's monetary or draft on the position no i agree with <clears throat> they should be using more capital i mean Cobb, if they can get five six million off the books by cutting him sorry like let him i don't i don't know be a consultant and let him and aaron Rodgers still be buddies but at the end of the day like you're 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 finally missing out on this 2018 draft class where they drafted a couple of receivers right like you know obviously the two are still in the roster jame on more no longer but like you, you, you limped along with that enough, and you've you've supplemented it with the Alan Lazards and the Reggie Begleton's and the you know Juwan Winfrey's and whoever else has been on this roster from time and time again. But when you really look at it, and I think I j- it just kindly like 
it officially hit me like last week or two weeks ago and I was looking at it and I'm like, holy hell, like there is no one under contract. Like I forgot that even these lower level guys, obviously we knew about Devante, but that EQ was coming up, MVS was coming up. Like it's just, it's, it's kind of terrifying. And I'm glad that Paul thinks it's the most, you know, detrimental one. Cause I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, there, there could probably be the um, devil's advocate person out there that says, you know, Aaron Rodgers can turn anyone into a, a decent receiver above average, which, which is probably the case. Like I would totally agree with that. And any mock draft out there saying they're going to draft a number one receiver. I don't necessarily agree with because um, they haven't done that since obviously everyone knows Javon Walker. They mm-hmm. find value later on. Second round is was their honey hole for a while. Who knows where they're drafting receivers now, but I think it's it's got to be because I mean you you make a, a point to bring back Aaron Rodgers um, even if he comes really really willing and you know super optimistic like who's he throwing the ball to like they still got to get the Devonte Adams deal done even if he kind of comes with his, his feet dragging a little bit checking on other options like you got to make it enticing that he wants to play in this offense and you got a new offensive coordinator you're going to have under the helm all those position coaches are switching now on the offensive side of the ball like I talked about this last week on here. Like it's like they're gonna have to make it easy on um, Aaron Rodgers and whoever Matt Lafleur is gonna bring in as his, his dudes that are gonna supplement that locker room for him. So I think it's definitely up there. I mean, it's it's number one on my list. Um, I feel like a lot of people generally have it super super high. Um, I usually have it. I mean, the last couple of years it's been in my top three, top four, but this year it's 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 definitely number one for me. I mean, there's other positions out there that they've struggled with, but. If you can't let twelve throw the ball to someone, I mean, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you have, right? And even if, even if and when they do bring Devontae back under whatever circumstance that is, like, you still need the number two receiver to play complementary football. Like, Alan Lazard's fine. I like Alan Lazard a ton. I personally don't think MVS is worth bringing him back. EQ obviously not either so I, I i think they're gonna have to either bring in a higher draft pick or a free agent guy i'd love for them to get a free agent receiver out there there's a ton of dudes out there but with the way the salary cap is i don't know if they can do that but one way or another they're gonna have to get another couple pass catchers on this roster unless they think alan lazard and amari rogers can somehow develop in year two but from what we saw in year one that wouldn't be the case that he's gonna take a big enough step to even fill like the randall cobb shoes so i i'll ask one other quick question before we move off of the receiver position more skill or more experience needed from this position. And that obviously is going to depend on whether they maybe look to free agency or the draft. To me, I think the experience factor is big because that's what helps teams win in the playoffs. I'm focused on, on the playoffs already. As a spoiled Packers fan, I'm already assuming that the Packers will be back in the postseason. So for me, I want them to have another smart, savvy receiver, but I'll ask each of you, Paul, just real quickly, one or two sentences, skill or experience. You can only pick one. With Aaron Rodgers under center, experience. We know how important trust is to him. I mean, that's one of the big reasons he wanted Randall Cobb back on this team. Um, and that proved to be the right move given Amari Rodgers' play this season. So experience. Yeah, and Matt, I assume you're probably in that same camp. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's 100% experience for me because it, <laughs> he's had some really talented guys on the roster, that being Aaron Rodgers, and if it just doesn't click, it doesn't matter. And he's had some guys that have been slept on undrafted dudes that 
have been in the league. I'm looking at Alan Lazard and bounced around and found a home and become one of his favorite receivers. So it's it's 100% experience. Obviously, just because you maybe been a 10 year veteran around different offenses doesn't mean it's gonna you know, kick off right away with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you would hope there's some pedigree there with some a high caliber offense or a high caliber quarterback. So experience for me for sure. No ifs, ands, or buts. It'd be great to have a super super skill setted college dude coming out but it's going to take a while to develop in that offense with Rodgers and just those little nuances of his habits well they're not going to get that at 28 and even if they move up you know in order to get a guy like a Justin Jefferson or a, or a Jamar Chase it's going to take a lot of capital so probably not happening so if we stand the offensive side of the ball another position of need is the tight end group they lost Robert Tunyon to an ACL injury midseason Mercedes Lewis is aging we don't know if he's going to be back Josiah DeGuara is really more of an H back he's not a pure tight end and Dominique Daphne finally got healthy at the end of the season, but really wasn't that big of a factor. And I don't think he's your your prototypical inline tight end either. Tyler Davis played a little bit there as well. So start the conversation as well. The Packers have a lot to, to decide here because you've got the Tunyon contract situation. And he's he's going to start the season on pup. He's probably not going to be ready to go by week one unless he surprises us. And maybe he will. I know he's somebody the quarterback likes, but again, it's a matter of health. Mercedes Lewis still blocks well. I think there's a value in him, but maybe at this point it's more on the sideline as a voice and somebody in the locker room if the Packers want to transition him in that way. So we know the Packers want to run the ball. It wouldn't be bad to have a tight end that can block, especially if if you're going to lose 89 and all of his blocking skills. So Paul, again, we'll start with you on this group here. Where do the Packers start at a position that after – kind of breaking it down the way I just did, it's almost it's almost like, gosh, I almost see that as, as maybe a bigger need than receiver because they've got a lot of moving parts and, and they could be without a pure tight end. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a, this time a year ago, or maybe a little further ahead, the tight end position looked like the best that it was had been in Green Bay for quite some time. As we know, it's been a position that they've struggled to find consistency with, especially in the passing game, really since Jermichael Finley. But going into last year, you got... Big Bob Tunyon coming off an incredibly efficient year. Uh, Josiah DeGuara returning from his ACL injury. Mercedes Lewis. We saw Dominique Davney pop at the end of the 2020 season. But now here we are entering 2022 or in 2022. And it's a question mark again. We don't know. Is Big Dog going to retire? Is he going to come back? Uh, Tunyon tore his ACL, but he's also a free agent as well. So we don't know if he's going to be back this season either. And say those two are gone. Now you're left with Josiah DeGuara, who improved as the season went on, but still had those moments, those young moments, um, the drops. And I think there are times, and we saw it in the playoff game, where didn't fully have Aaron Rodgers' trust. And that can certainly, you know, have a ripple effect across the offense. And Dominic Daphne, he's he's a blocker when he's in the game. That's what his main responsibility is. So depending on what happens with Tunyon and as you said, Jason, if he is back, he's probably going to miss, you know, at least a few games given him, given the ACL injury, but they need a pass catching option. I think that was one thing that this offense really, really missed last season when we look at, cause there was a drop in production from 2020 to 2021. I do think that that was one of the, the key elements that was there as always, there are a number of them, but that pass catching presence. And it's not a coincidence that, you know, when they were firing on all cylinders against uh, the Rams, Chicago, Minnesota, uh, Baltimore, Cleveland, when the offense was that was the offense's best stretch of the season. That's when we saw DeGuara, Mercedes Lewis. We saw Tyler Davis get in on the action. That's when as pass catchers, they were the most effective as well. So, again, that's not the sole reason why they were, you know, their best at their best during that time, but it's certainly a key contributor. So. And in the red zone as well, I think the Packers really missed Tunyon's presence there, especially once he was out. So finding a pass-catching tight end, I think, should be high on the priority list this offseason. Well, it's easy to want for that when you look at what Travis Kelsey does in Kansas City and obviously some of the the big-name tight ends, Kittle in San Francisco, got teams who were playing much beyond what Green Bay did, but those are obviously the the top of the echelon there. I think the Packers have had some good tight ends over the years, so this is a positional group that I trust them to be able to find somebody to come in and play. Maybe they find a free agent who can do that as well. And I guess it's it's kind of the same question here too, Matt, as I give you ask for your thoughts. 
Uh, I, for me, if you're going skill over experience, I'd say experience big time in the tight end room because of all the things that they're asked to do. Yeah, definitely. I think this is going to be a really telling point with the tight end um, situation that they do this off season because <clears throat> like uh, Paul laid out really, really well, like, Big Dog, is he coming back or is he not? I think he had a social media post out this week kind of thanking the Packers and it almost in the, you know, the fans and everything. And it, it almost maybe seemed like he's still mulling it over, but kind of strange that he'd put out a post like that because he didn't do it last year that I can remember. The Tunyon thing is really strange, too, because ACL injury, you know, I, I kind of I don't want to compare and concre- contrast too much to what David Bakhtiari went through because they're completely different positions and they happen at different times throughout this year. But any ACL injury doesn't matter if you have that full year under your belt. If it happens in training camp and you come back the following year, there's still some regression there and it takes two years to come back fully in a position like tight end or, you know, more of a skill position. So I don't really know what the hell is going to happen with Tanya he might come back on a team friendly deal. He might not. Um, that that's one of that I'm just completely unsure about, but I think the biggest thing for me that I'm circling is, whatever they do with the tight end room is going to tell you how they feel about Josiah DeGuara. Like that's, that's my favorite thing is like, we're going to be able to actually tell like, okay, do they trust Josiah DeGuara enough? Okay. Well, if they trust him a lot, Tunyon's probably gone. Mercedes, if he retires, like they'll supplement with another blocking tight end. Let Tyler Davis be another dude. And Daphne, who knows what's like, if they bring in a couple guys and we're, we're seeing like they've done in years past, which has been kind of entertaining every week during training camp or even in the offseason they're bringing in tight ends all the time like these different body style dudes and trying to figure out who can play the position that's how Daphne ended up on the roster that's how Tanya ended up on the roster so um that's that's the biggest thing for me like I and, and Paul said it really really uh politically correct about Josiah DeGuara like did he improve from the previous year or you know coming off the injury yes but like his progression throughout the entire season in 2021 was it was very average like I wasn't overly impressed um, there was a lot of things that this team like Paul also mentioned like lacked without having a, a productive tight end even before Tunyon went down I felt like there was stuff in the early half of the year where it was just something didn't seem right with the way the tight ends were running um, the plays or the tight end was being utilized so um, they de- I don't think it's a huge need for me necessarily because I feel like they've they've piecemealed it together the last couple of years which makes me feel optimistic but in all reality like you bring up Jermichael Finley, like shit, man. Like when was the last time we had anyone even remotely close to that? Like even a, a guy they drafted that was like that caliber of a player. So it would be great to have one of these upper echelon type dudes. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know how much they value it. I think they more value like a an H back type role or a, you know a, a hybrid type role like Deguara. So we'll see what happens. I, it's not a huge priority for me, especially if they fulfill the need of the receiver. Like we're all kind of leaning towards, but. Um, it's definitely it's definitely a priority because all of a sudden it was a again a strength of this team had four guys kind of a four headed monster they all could do do things differently and as it whittles down you really don't know what you have left over uh, come this off season yeah One other th- th- well, I was going to say it's easy it's easy to say that they prefer an H back position but when you have the luxury of a Mercedes yeah. Lewis who can do some of those other things it's easy to take that approach so we'll see if they're that's if a they're, good point if their attack mindset changes. Uh, one other thing I wanted to add in regards to the tight end is it's a really, really difficult transition from college to the pros. No need touch. to know blocking responsibilities, techniques like a lineman, run routes like a receiver. There's a transition period. So keep that in mind with DeGuara. But also if Green Bay brings in, say they draft a rookie, um, you know, expectations need to be tempered. There's a stat from ESPN, and it's a little outdated. Uh, I think this was accurate going into the 2020 season, but over the previous 15 years before then, only two rookie tight ends had eclipsed the 600-yard mark. And I think that number's out of date because what Kyle Pitts did. Um, maybe there's another receiver, a tight end in there, but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Rookie tight ends coming in day one and being uber productive in an offense is very, very rare. It takes a transition period for him. So keep that in mind with DeGuara as well. Um, you know, year three is going to be a big one for him, obviously. But if Green Bay selects a tight end as well in the draft, I mean, we need to keep that in mind that this person might not come in right away and be, you know, a game changer for this offense. And I love I got I got to lean into that, too, because like the tight end thing for rookies is so huge. And you think like what Kyle Pitts did this year, he had a thousand twenty six yards. Great. Only one touchdown. But like 
understand like he was supplementing Julio Jones leaving Calvin Ridley taking half the year off for personal issues and like they were in just garbage time just trying to get the ball down the field so like the outlier that is Kyle Pitts like generally like Paul said they don't contribute right away so don't rely on that to be a contributor right off the bat no definitely not and in, in college these guys are spread out wide they don't they don't line up in line at all I mean the blocking factor now I will say maybe not a big impact on offense Paul but those do end up being special teams players, that body type of the linebacker and tight end. So if you're going to draft one, maybe draft one who's really good on special teams and hope that they can develop him on the offensive side of the ball as well. And as far as DeWar goes and the progression and year three and all that kind of stuff, I'd like the big jump to be just make big plays and big moments. Don't drop the ball. Don't drop that ball against San Francisco. Just catch that ball. So... Mm-hmm. That's the offensive side of the ball. These last two positions are kind of almost they're, they they kind of go together somewhat here. And one of them has a caveat, and we'll start with that one, which is the inside linebacker position. And obviously, the reason for this position group being named is because we don't know what the Packers will do with Devondre Campbell, who is a free agent and just put together an All Pro season. So if he's priced himself out of Green Bay and he's not going to be back with the Packers, they will once again have a need at inside linebacker. They do still have Chris Barnes, who played really well in a supplementary role, but. When he was asked to play a lot the year prior, he seemed to be hurt a lot. And I don't know if that was the best thing for him to be the full-time, all, every down green dot. So if inside linebacker is the, is the need, it's obviously really tough to replace an all-pro player, even if the Packers had a ton of cap space, draft capital, whatever you want to call it. And this is where we go back to, Paul, what you said, which is even if Campbell's not back, at least hopefully the residual is that he made this organization realize that they can't just punt on inside linebacker and they're going to need to address it a little bit more so than just throwing a fifth round pick at a guy that is going to be roaming the middle of the field. And in order to take that middle away, which is huge in a passing NFL, you need a a rather dynamic athlete. You don't typically tend to find those outside of rounds one, two, and three. So there you have it. Obviously, we hope that this is not a position of need very quickly and that Devondre Campbell is back. But if he's not, the Packers have a lot of work to do here. They don't have a lot of cap space. No, I mean, right now, counting Campbell and Oren Burks, both unrestricted free agents, Packers linebacker room is Chris Barnes and Jason, I think he hit the nail on the head. Still took his lumps this year, obviously, but he was much more effective in the Robin role rather than 2020 when Christian Kirksey was out and he had to be Batman. Uh, and then there's Isaiah McDuffie, six-round draft pick in 2020, or 2021, excuse me. And then on the practice squad, they had Ray Wilborn. And Ty Obviously, Summers. If, and Ty Summers, correct. Ty's a free agent. Yep. Or no, he's still on the roster. You're correct. Thank you for that. Uh, but either way, that's a, that leaves a big hole if Campbell's not there. And as you had mentioned, I wrote an article about it. Does this change how the Green Bay Packers view the linebacker position? Even if Campbell's not back, are they more willing to spend more than just $2 million in free agency? Are they willing to invest a first or second round pick on the position? Because we saw the impact that Campbell could make. I, the prime example of it was looking back at the Detroit Lions game. And I know the defense was in some very vanilla looks. The game didn't matter, but Jared Goff, if I remember correctly, he was like 15 of 16 attacking the middle of the field. Amon Ross St. Brown was picking up yards after the catch. The Green Bay Packers were very good at limiting both of those when Devontae Campbell was in the game. So it's definitely going to be something worth keeping our eyes on. A few, a few aspects that may lead Green Bay to still you know, being in their frugal ways was one, they found Devontae Campbell by doing what they've done over the years, a one-year deal worth a couple million dollars. So does that make them change how they think, or is it going to be, well, we found one, maybe not, obviously they're not expecting an all-pro, but we found one really good contributor. We can do it again. Also, Joe Barry's defense uh, does a good job keeping linebackers clean. It's more linebacker-friendly than what Christian Kirksey, Blake Martinez had to play under, and Mike Patton. So those are just a couple of factors, just playing devil's advocate here. But it is going to be very interesting to see how they approach it. I obviously hope they bring Devondre Campbell back, but if they don't, man, there's a there's definitely a hole in the middle of that defense. So if you're going to bring back Aaron Rodgers, Matt, you said it earlier. If you're going to bring back Aaron Rodgers, then make the investment in the other areas and make sure that it makes sense. And if you're going to do that and you're going to leave one very important part of your team, that being the middle of the defense, unaccounted for or or unattended to, 
then you might as well just, I don't know, mail in what you're going to do in the playoffs. And I, I know that that sounds very, you know, outlandish, hyperbole, whatever you want to say. But it was such a huge reason why the defense was good, what Campbell did. I don't know how you don't possibly do everything you can to bring him back. If he prices himself out, he just isn't back. He's not back. That's it. You know, if he's earned a huge deal somewhere else and someone's going to throw a boatload of cash at him and back up the Brinks truck and the Packers just simply can't do it, they do have to decide where they're going to allocate resources. And I understand if that isn't one of those areas. But make no mistake, the defense will take a step backwards if they don't bring him back. And I don't I don't expect Campbell to show up and have another all-pro season next year. I think there's some regression to the mean that's going to take place. And I think he'll he'll probably slide back to being an above-average linebacker. I don't even know if he would be Pro Bowl level, but for the level of play that he turned in and the effort that he puts in, very valuable to the Packers, and I don't know how he would be more valuable somewhere else. Maybe he would be, but I think in Green Bay... Obviously, he had his best season of his career. He's a veteran. There's something to be said about that, too. So I don't know how much success matters to him as much as getting a big bite at that apple that they have limited chomps at there. But I would say let's make this not a need. Let's bring Campbell back and not have to try to replace somebody who was as productive as he was. Matt, saw a lot of head nods there. So I know that you're in the in the same camp. A very important part of the defense. Yeah, I just love how this a Packers defense looked with having a a, a versatile, not even versatile, like a, just a an above average linebacker. Like it was, it was just such a breath of fresh air. Like the way he was able to, and you know, it it I think it rang the you know the most alarming to me on that that Sunday night Niners game. Like he was able to just to go sideline to sideline to Andre Campbell, and <clears throat> I just think I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I think. It, it's so it's so tough to compare and contrast to like the Petten defense to the Barry defense. Like obviously, like Petten didn't give a shit about inside linebackers at all. Maybe Barry doesn't either because they signed Devondre Campbell late. Um, the, the the inside linebackers that are on the roster are are pretty poor. Like they're gonna have to sign someone. But are you ever gonna get the value you got with Devondre Campbell for like just o- just over half a million dollars? It's it's it late, that late in the summer. I don't think that's ever gonna happen again to get something. Of that cheap and that productive and get that notoriety throughout the league. I, I don't imagine Devondre Campbell being green and gold again. I just I think he's played himself out of the con out of what he should deserve. Maybe he wants to stay here, but that would be that'd be ludicrous to me if I were him. But I hope it does open some eyes because it Devondre Campbell was a piece of this defense and it wasn't like the you know, the Blake Martinez or the Jake Ryan or the AJ Hawk, where it was just like, you were, you, you got an opportunity, you made the tackle. Like he was making plays that weren't just like, you know, open, you know, open gap tackles. He was chasing down guys or even beaten to a spot. And like, if they can invest in a dude in the draft and like actually, you know, pay a guy pretty cheap, you know, second, third, fourth round, maybe first round too, develop a dude in this defense and let and let him ball out. I think trying to find lightning in a bottle again with a free agent guy like that is just, it's far and few between, especially if you're not trying to uh, you know burst the capital. So I think I hope it opens some eyes in the defense. I, I really, really do. Uh, I think Mike Smith's a hell of a, a coach too. So that helps a lot too with the linebacker coach. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't expect Devondre back at all. Um, I hope the best to him and wherever he goes, if he does come back, I think Jason's right. There will be some regression there, but Man, it it would be it would be awesome if somehow they would get some super athlete dude. Some of these guys we're seeing on a lot of the competitions team, like guys that can fly around the field and line up in different spots, more of that hybrid safety role too. So we'll see what they do, but I think it's it's definitely something that they need to fulfill because right now whoever's on that roster is is essentially a special teamer and they're gonna be starting. Yeah. I'll leave then, us. Well, I was going to say the other thing is, is you make a great point, Matt, about it's not just that position, but the trickle down and other guys having to play positions and not be as free to do mm-hmm. maybe what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I'll leave us on a positive note in regards to Devontae Campbell and the Packers. He said that Green Bay wasn't his only offer that he had last offseason. Uh, he chose Green Bay because of the defense that Barry plays as well as his role within it. So obviously he's in store for a raise. He's going to get a payday, Uh, but hopefully, or maybe a factor that'll come to play was that he chose green Bay because he got to be Batman. He liked the defense that Barry had and he was an all pro in it. So maybe that's something that green Bay has going in their favor where 
if they can get close to a contract that's offered elsewhere, uh, you know, maybe he'll choose to return. Of course, just pure speculation on my part, but that was a big factor in his decision to come here, and that decision certainly paid off for him with the success that he had. This is why we pay him the big bucks. Matt and I both pony up to have Paul Brettle here to make sure that we stay happy, level-headed, and we remember the why, right? Reading the tea leaves, as they say. All right. Final position group here. Stay in the linebacker uh, position here. This is the outside linebacker group. And obviously this one also has a caveat as well because the Packers have a couple of players that they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with. They're both named Smith. One is Preston. The other one is Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith in 2022, as it currently stands, counts $27.6 million against the salary cap. He has a 12.38 dead cap dollar hit. If the Packers decide to move on from him, Sedarius Smith is not playing for the Green Bay Packers at $27 million this season. So something is going to change. But if for some reason, again, neither of those those two guys are back, you've got Rashawn Gary. And then what? On the outside, it's Jonathan Garvin. And we had Tipa Nalaya who jumped in there at the end of the season and really wasn't as productive there on the outside. The Packers tinkered with a couple of other guys playing edge rusher, but it's a very, very thin position group. So I have to believe as much as we want to act like the salary cap is a myth and the Packers can just bring all these guys back, much like Devondre Campbell, you can't let both Rashawn, or, uh, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith walk out that door. You're going to need at least one of those two to come back. And I think the chances are that Preston Smith is back. He played more last season. Zadarius did make his his return in the playoffs, had a sack, but didn't play much of the season. Back injuries are kind of tricky. So I think between a money factor and a health factor right now, it seems like they would lean a little bit more towards Preston Smith. I'm sure he would like to be back in Green Bay and not have to move his family around again. Seems to have carved out a nice role and a place in his heart for the Packers. So Matt, we'll start with you on this one. The edge rusher room, I mean, I just think the Packers, this is not a position where they can really throw it up to the football gods and hope to get somebody impactful picking later in the draft. And if they try to sign one in free agency, that's going to be impact or it's going to be helpful. They had the money to do this three years ago when they when they brought these guys in. They're not in that same position this year. So free agency, probably not as much of an option as it was when they were signed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Shambles. Absolute shambles. This is it's <laughs> it's a tough spot because it was I was hoping to at least get one year this year with the three-headed monster, <clears throat> and it just didn't happen the way we shook it out to. And I think Rayshon Gary, the way he played at the end of the year, specifically that playoff game, like, holy hell, I am ecstatic for 2022 to see what he can do. But got to have some on the other side. Like, <clears throat> you're only as good at, like, you can get double teamed and you can get chipped and harassed. And it, 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 without another dude to compliment him, it's going to be a tough spot. So I don't know who they bring back. I think you kind of hit it, though. I like Zadarius, I think it's going to be a little bit more expensive than Preston. My issue with Preston is, like, he was just so bad in 2020. And he definitely looked out of shape. And although he was put in positions that I didn't, no one expected him to ever have to play, you know, lining up man to man in a slot receiver. I, I don't know if some of this was, you know, he did come back in better shape from what it looked like from my eyes. Um, he played a lot better, but I don't know if that play had to do with like, hey, I, I better play my ass off. Otherwise, I'm not going to get a contract not only in Green Bay, but nowhere else. So that's my fears. You give him a bag again and all of a sudden he kind of regresses and you're left with basically paying a guy that you probably shouldn't have. And you're in a cap situation, too. So. I don't know what they're. I this this is the one that I'm actually like the most confused about. I, I feel like I can make a reasonable guess on the other three. I don't know what they do here because when they've drafted, it's been it's been hit or miss. I mean, it's been the Clay Matthews, it's been a couple of seasons of Nick Perry, it's been 
you know, or it's been, you know, free agent dudes that they brought in. Like, it's just, I don't know how they fix this. It seems like they're going to have to go out and get someone and how they're going to contribute right away. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know. That's, it, it's concerning because you absolutely have to have that pressure because without it, you're, you're screwed. I mean, it's, it's Rayshon and Kenny Clark and that's it. So I don't know what they're going to do. I think Preston makes the most sense, but maybe they start from scratch and build around Rayshon Gary and bring another, try to bring in another, you know, freak athlete in the, in the draft to be a project guy. But yeah, they, they absolutely have to find someone because that drop off, it was, it was damn close to being an issue this year. Um, later in the season when Zedarius never could go and if, if one of those guys go down, Preston or, or uh, Rayshon at one point, you're, you're in a tough, tough spot. So I, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't. I think I w- if I had a pick, I'd probably say they lean probably more towards um, drafting because they just did, you know, sign two dudes a couple seasons ago to to fill that need. So maybe they'll invest a little bit more in the uh, in the upcoming of this this defense. But uh, your guess is as good as mine right now, boys. Well, thank God Rashawn Gary worked out. Could you imagine what position the Packers oh would be in right now oh. if, he, if he hadn't? They would have very little cap space, and they would have to either overpay for a potentially shaky situation as Darius Smith, or I don't know what they would do necessarily. Paul, how do you see the edge rusher room shaking out and being in, in terms of where the Packers are going to try to attack this need? On February 5th, if I had to make a guess on what position the Green Bay Packers draft a 28th overall, I would select edge rusher at this time. Obviously, please, everyone, give me some wiggle room to change that as things change, but at this time, that's what I would select. Uh, Jason, you mentioned Zarius Smith is cap hits 27, 28 million. And he posted on Instagram shortly after the game ended or the next day or two, you know, what looked very much like a farewell. And I, I do think that's going to be the case. Preston Smith's cap hit is in the 19, $20 million range. 2022 is the last year in his contract. Again, he's not playing the 2022 season on that green Bay's either going to extend him. They're going to add void years or they're going to cut him. They have to do something. Um, and if, it would shakes out that both the Smiths are gone. I do tend to lean towards Preston Smith returning, but if it shakes out that way, Tipa, he's still very raw. There's a lot of upside, but he also only weighs like 230 pounds. He's not going to be at this current frame, someone who's stout against the run. And then Andy, who goes through and grades every player, every play. I know that Jonathan Garvin was down there towards the bottom among the defensive players. So Going into the next season with those two and Gary just isn't going to work. And one one aspect, one turnaround for this defense from 2020 to this year was that even through the ups and downs that they had, they were so, so good at pressuring the quarterback consistently. And in football, the game's changed over years, but at the end of the day, that's the name of the game for the defense. If you can get after the quarterback, you're going to certainly increase your chances of coming away with the win. So I do think that uh, – like I said, if I had to pick right now, I, I tend to lean towards Preston Smith being back, but obviously that's far from a guarantee. And if him and Zadarius are both gone, uh, this becomes need one for me just because it's such an important position. And beyond Rashawn Gary, it's a whole lot of question marks. Yeah, quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher. And then you could say quarterback maybe as a fourth. I mean, they're, they're the most key positions on the field. The Packers cannot – take a step back in this this position. Rashawn Gary played great. He was one of the few really top performers in that game against San Francisco at the end of the season. Thank God he has panned out in the Packers, but they do need to do need to get it right here. I mean, this defense had a lot of good things going on, but it was because of the players on the field, and they can't just call it in in these four areas of need. So wide receiver, tight end, inside linebacker, outside linebacker are four positions of need. We'll have more great content for you moving forward as we go through the offseason. Matt, you'll be doing it with a different crew mm-hmm. next Saturday. You'll all get to hear mine and Paul's voice even a couple days early as we transition to the Thursday show. So before we sign off, just a quick chance to go around the horn and talk about what we got going on. I'll have a quick slants podcast out on Monday with any updates over the weekend and just some general thoughts on the Packers as they transition into the offseason. Matt, I assume Final dump coming out on Friday next week, as always, or not? No, no, no. We're putting a pause on that thing. I don't know what the hell we talk about. I mean, it's it's a stretch, right? Even do a pack a day, so we're putting a pause on uh, final dump. Maybe things to come come next season. We might be transitioning a little bit with that. Still, Brendan and I, but in a different uh, format of content. So uh, I'm just yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna transition with uh, Janelle and Eli. Going back to Janelle, we started 
back in the day, recorded our first podcast at for Pack a Day in Lambeau Field. Then we did it out at UWGB where she was going to school at the time. And Eli I've never connected with just besides Twitter DMs and going back and forth in the mentions. But it'll be fun. We'll, we'll carry it on. Um, maybe you guys can continue the weather stuff on Thursdays and we'll maybe transition. It sounds like maybe into a, a geography. We'll do maybe a little geography trivia before we start our episodes too. We can get Europe down, figure that out so we can <laughs> maybe help each other. But um, no, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited. It was, it was a hell of a run with you guys in 2021. I enjoyed it a ton. Um, the off season. If I have any uh, topic issues, maybe we'll we'll uh, get some ideas from you boys. But it's been a blast, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me along for these Saturday episodes. No, I had a lot of fun. It was a good season. It obviously didn't end the way we wanted it to, but still pretty successful. And the Packers had a playoff run, so I don't think we did too bad as far as the good vibes towards the Packers. And Paul Brettel, as always, writing like crazy, probably going through his third laptop of the year with all the smoke coming mm-hmm. up off that keyboard over at Dairyland Express and Cheesehead. TV and then on YouTube with the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. What's coming up this week? Uh, so at Cheesehead TV, we're just going position by position, taking a look back at the 2021 season at and also looking at some mock drafts as well, because why not? At Cheesehead TV on Friday, uh, we know there's a lot of cap issues, uncertainty this year, but one thing that we can count on is that one way the Green Bay Packers are going to free up cap space is with an extension for Jair Alexander. And then also... Before the season began, I came out with 10 bold predictions. So I wrote an article at Dairyland Express going back, taking a look at those, uh, seeing where I was right. And I was actually, I didn't do terrible. I was close on a few occasions and, of course, very wrong on some as well. Paul, I have a question. Where, uh, you had 10, right? Was it was this like um, above average for a baseball player, like hitting over 300? Was this like I'd above be an average? You'd be an all-star. All okay. right. Yeah, I think I got off the top of my head. I think I got three or four that were right. Um, maybe one or two that were close and then like five ish or six that were wrong. So I'll start batting 300, 400 in that range. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Well, I want to wish everybody who's been listening to my voice on Saturday for the past couple of years, many, many very fun and great Saturdays ahead. I will now be your Thursday guy over at, on the Thursday Pack-A-Day podcast. And Matt, you'll be holding it down on Saturday. So thank you, gentlemen, as always. It's been a good one. It's chilly wherever you're at, everybody, more, more than likely, unless you live here in Phoenix with me. And then if you do, you should have called me. We should be getting together and having a beer at some point. So as always, everybody, even though the season is over, we keep moving them further and further into the off season. Let's make the most of the weekend and hope for a great Packers season in 2022. Everybody, as always, stay warm, stay safe, and go Pack Go. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.